Guten Morgen, afternoon or evening. Uh, this is Material Podcast, episode 138. I am one of your hosts, Andy Inatko. Ah, yes, we oui, oui. And I am the fabulous Florence Ion. Oh, no. I haven't prepared an accent. I know what I do. I do an Australian accent. How's that? Yes, I'm your Australian <laughs> presenter, Russell Ivanovich. See, not an Australian name, so clearly you can tell I'm putting on this accent. I, I was trying to do the whole Valentine's Day motif that I kind of encouraged Andy to do it because, you know, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. I figure why not get into the spirit of... But see, to, to stay in character, because I'm Australians, um, Valentine's <laughs> Day was actually yesterday, so... Oh, yeah, that's true. Sorry, we're living in the past here in America. <laughs> I'm just trying to stay in character. I'm, I'm a method actor, if nothing else. Oh, yes, true, true. I got to say, what a great, like, triple play of gluttony this week is, unexpectedly, because <laughs> Tuesday is, like, the last day before Lent, so that's, like, Fat oh, Tuesday, yeah. Pancake Tuesday. Then there's the, then the first day of Lent where you're supposed to be abstaining from things, if you're Catholic, supposedly. Uh, but, hey, it's, it's actually Valentine's Day. So what are you going to do? Not eat that, that heart-shaped pan of fudge brownies that your, that your lovely partner made for you? That's like a kick in the teeth. You have to eat the pan, the pan full of heart-shaped brownies. And then the day after today is when you go to CVS Pharmacy and you buy like all kinds of heart-shaped candies and chocolates for 75% off. So, so did you do that, Russell? Oh, I didn't think about the day after Valentine's Day. I mean, I, I do that every new year, like when they do the sales and stuff, like in January or whatever. I'm like, yeah, hey, suckers. But I've never realized the day after Valentine's Day is the perfect day to stock up on chocolate for next year. Genius. Well, <laughs> chocolate for the next three months. I mean, you really don't want to eat that stuff a year. Well, you don't want to, but, you know, there's other people <laughs> yeah, we, in your life. I mean, put anything to, in the freezer, it could last for a while, really. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I see. But at my new place, it is like right around the corner from uh, like a Walgreens. And so that so oftentimes, like if I run out of like if I need soda for my for my daily for my daily work or something, I can just walk or run down there or run out of toothpaste. No problems. Just nip out there. And yeah, the days after Christmas, they bought way too many of those like 12 pound welcome mat size Hershey bars. I don't know how many. It's like about the size of a license plate and has heft to it. And they were $2.99. They're like 80% off. And I had to buy one. And it surprised, I won't say that all, I, I ate this like 80 pound Hershey bar in one day, but it was not this. I did not make it last as long as I feel as though a rational human being should. Thank and so for the rest of the week, when I'm like, go, when, I, when, I'm bu when I'm buying things at, at the store, I'm, I'm passing by this bin that has still has like a dozen and a half of these huge chocolate bars for $3. Like I've got $3 and I like chocolate. Andy. You already ate your next three months worth of chocolate in, again, a span of days that is not good for an adult to be eating chocolate. Andy, I just did the conversion of that and it's 36 kilograms. I, I assume that was like an exaggeration. Chocolate doesn't come in 36 kilogram packets, does it? Does it? I don't. Where do I, I get this know. chocolate? It was, um, I, they do make, uh, if you go to the Hershey factory in the gift store, you can buy, Everything again, like welcome mat size. Yeah. <laughs> These, these were about, yeah. Oh no! I forgot my Australian accent. Sorry, I'm actually American. See, uh, yeah. see, I, I, I want to. I acknowledge that this is not a pleasant, a, a, a proud part of the American culture, and yet I'm. I have to remind everybody uh, in the non-United States world that when you come to the when you come to New York City, 
Do you see, uh, do you go to visit Wall Street? Do you go to see the many museums? Do you take in an opera at the Metropolitan, Muse- at the Metropolitan Opera for tickets as little as twenty as $25? No, you go to the M&M store and you buy the 12-pound 12 12 like sack of potatoes bag of M&Ms. Or you go to the other stores, that's the, again, that have the big Rice Krispie treat. So don't, don't make fun of us. We definitely deserve it. But at least you have to acknowledge that you do do understand the motivation to say, here's a chocolate bar we like. How about a huge version of that? Wouldn't we like that a huge number of times more than the dinky little tiny little chocolate bar? That's all I'm saying. No? Yes, especially if you melt it and dip strawberries into it <gasps> and let it dry. There Genius, Flo. Genius. Speaking of Valentine's Day, do you two want me to tell you all the romantic music that the tradespeople next door to me were playing at uh, early, yes. in, early in the morning on February the 14th? Let me tell you. At 7.20 a.m., it started with Taylor Swift, Endgame, classic, absolute classic, followed by 7.35 a.m., you had Beyonce, Crazy in Love, and then you had someone called Jeezy. That early in the morning? Yeah. That, she, that, like, just like the beginning of that song, like, I'm still getting up here, people, yeah. so, anyway. Can can you take a guess? And the last one was G-Eazy, Him and I, which I'm not super familiar with, but apparently they, they really like that song at 7.43 a.m. because they, they absolutely blasted it. Does anyone want to guess? Those are some youngins who yeah. are working hard away there because that's all like top 40 pop music right there. Mm. But d- does anyone want to take a guess at how I collected this information? I, w- I was He's asleep at the time. App? <laughs> you tr- you've had you've, you've had an, an open Wi-Fi access point. You tricked them into thinking that it was actually a public access point, and then you ran a data scraper that was without taking anything in, any interesting URLs or any personal information and putting it into a spreadsheet that you had actually secured on an offsite server. <laughs> and now you will be dramatic. and then you will be basically <laughs> taking out personal loans based on whatever cars, tools, and and property that they have. Wow. Am well, I right? Or am I close? One of you is close. I won't tell you which one. No, it's actually Flo. She got it absolutely right. It's it's. We did have some feedback on the the Pixel Two sort of always listening thing, and I just brought this up because my Pixel Two was plugged into the charger at the time. It was just I was asleep. It obviously wasn't, and it it recorded and all that music that they were playing, which I thought was really interesting. And for those of you that weren't didn't tune in last week, the app is now playing history. There's probably a whole bunch of other apps in the store that do the same thing, but this app takes that information, puts it into an app, into like a table so you can see, yeah, everything that happened at different times. Yeah. We, we, had, we had a discussion about this, and uh, I, got, I got confused because you, you two were, were – from my perspective, which was incorrect, I thought that you two guys were saying that the, uh, the, uh, the Guillermo assistant mm-hmm. – to make mm-hmm. sure I'm not triggering anything, mm-hmm. was the microphone was always on and it was always listening no matter what, which was complete. I'm I'm sure I misunderstood. I just misunderstood something you were trying to explain to me about uh, about the audio features. And I, given that I know for a fact that it doesn't work that way and that it can't work that way, I thought that I'm either really confused or I'm about to learn something that learn something new that I didn't know before. Uh, and so it uh, so we were. We were both right, particularly because, again, I was listening to you wrong. Uh, so Pixels, if you have a Pixel 2 phone, uh, this feature is not turned on by default. But if you go to uh, settings, uh, then to sound, and then the a feature called Now Playing. You can now even playing. search for Now Playing, by the way. Right. If you want, yeah. 
And so uh, if you but if you turn this feature on, the lock screen will always show you what the what the currently playing song is in whatever environment you are. It's actually pretty cool. I didn't I knew about this feature roughly, but I never really looked into how it works. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, The maybe out of security or maybe just to keep it from hammering the battery. It doesn't actually uh, connect to the cloud as uh, as uh, Shazam or as the Google Assistant would, it actually, when you activate the feature, it downloads a database of tens of thousands of song fingerprints that will take up about 500 megabytes of your local storage. Uh, and so it's always it's doing all the song matching directly on device. So the good news is it's not hitting your battery quite as badly. It's also not a <laughs> as glorious an invasion of privacy as it might be otherwise that seems like more of a samsung way to do it uh but the downside is that obviously we're we're not looking at it doesn't it can't draw from a database of millions of fingerprints as you could if you're connecting to a cloud so what it does is it knows it knows what country you're listening you're listening in and it downloads again tens of thousands of fingerprints based on what it knows from Google Play are really popular songs in that country at this time. So it won't get really subtle stuff uh, identified. But again, if it's something that the kids today are listening to that you have never heard of because you are you were born well before 2000, uh, at this point, well before 2000, no, 2005, let's say. Uh, yeah, it'll, 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 it'll definitely get that. It might get some Beatles songs. I'm guessing I sh- I've ne- haven't tried it yet. Uh, the bummer is I've got a pixel one. It so it does doesn't work, work with, with Beatles songs. Awesome. It, it does. only, it, it only works on the pixel two, So I can't try it out myself, but so I, so I, I did learn something. So it, it picks also up Beatles songs from commercials, I should say. <laughs> wow. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't do covers very well. So if somebody's doing a cover of a Beatles song, it'll come up as the Beatles song rather than the cover, unless it's a very prevalent cover, um, like, say, when Kelly Osbourne covered Papa Don't Preach. Hmm. Yes, Kelly Osbourne covered Papa Don't Preach. <laughs> I didn't know 2000s. that. I learned something. We, I was there for it. <laughs> I, I have another dilemma that I have to bring to you, too, and I'm hoping you can help us out yes. here. So. Last week, I, I was talking about this this particular app and I played like literally maybe one and a half seconds of the theme song to a game and I said that if you could guess what game it was, you'd win something. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the problem we have is that uh, JT on Twitter, JT46 Twitter handle, on the 9th of February, so in between last show and this show, said Rocket League. Rusty Shelf was, was it the Rocket League theme and what do I win? The problem is he's correct, but I'm not sure we should tell him that because I don't know what he wins. Like what, what do we do here? Help me out. Um, I can send him something off my desk. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, here, I got this little, this little Android guy. I can send him. What about if we send him a picture of the Android guy? I don't want to commit to postage or anything like that. That seems heavy. I just, uh, I'm, I'm almost done m- moving and unpacking. The scariest prize we could ever hand out is that <laughs> I will just simply get one of those boxes from, from the postal service where it's like, just fill this box. It's a flat $10 of things I'm just trying to get rid of. I won't, I, and I won't necess- I won't even choose things fun. that are working or something. It's like, <laughs> hey, here you go. Here are 113 mini USB cables because I've got so damn many of them that I can't fit them in the drawer anymore. 
go to town. It's either either you listeners get them or the next set of trick or treaters are going to get USB cables <laughs> and battery packs to cameras that that stopped being made about eight years ago. This All is kinds a candy. Of- <laughs> Do you like Firewire eight hundred? Because I have some of those cables. That used to how be very about, pricey. How about how about a USB phone charger? Well, no, no, it's not a battery. You plug it into the wall. But hey, it was made in China by an off brand. So just have a bucket of sand handy and don't leave the house while you're charging oh something gosh. with it. It'll probably work. <laughs> have a bucket of sand. That's awful. <laughs> are you are you suggesting that you would just like let them have this off-brand Chinese charger and not tell them to have a fire extinguisher handy? That would be unethical, Flo. That would be, I'm would be not like that kind of person. Some kind of really expensive right. uh, music playing cylinder that left marks like all over your wooden desk. You, you tell them about it first. That's what you do. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you went there, you, you, listeners. You probably heard about how uh, the people who have been reviewing and writing about the, the Apple HomePod, they say, "Wow, this, now the review is over. I'll just like take this off my desk or take this off the the sideboard <laughs> that my grandparents brought with them, brought with them from the old country that oh I, I, had to, I had to fight my cousins <laughs> to get after after they passed." And like, holy, what what's this? After they lifted it up, it's left this sickening white ring on the top of this really beautiful, expensive piece of wooden furniture. Furniture. Yeah, it's leaving a ring behind, and you have to now. You, it, you're forced to put a doily or a coaster underneath it <laughs> if you don't want it to mark up your. This is bad. That's that's bad optics. I don't that's have this just, problem with my Google Home or my Google Home Mini, so I, I don't know. know. I mean, well, I think what you find is saying. that uh, every speaker with a silicon rubbin down the bottom is uh, subject to this problem, uh, according to Apple PR anyway. So you, you all have this problem. You just haven't realized it yet. I'm like what? That doesn't. No, I'm not even going. That's because yeah. Johnny Ive only works at a white desk. He doesn't know that there's any other kind. He'd never, of he'd never see the white marks. He'd be like, oh yeah, white desk. He's like, yeah, everything's white. Well, to, um, well, to be to be honest, could we really expect them to anticipate that the people who would be buying an Apple style style uh, speaker would be having really nice, expensive? you know, uh, uh, Norwegian furniture with really fine hardwoods in their home. No, no, no. These people who buy Apple products, they got like form, Formica. They got, they put blue tarps over, over, over empty boxes and that's their nightstand. That's, that's, that's the, the, no, no, no. Actually, oh, actually I'm totally wrong. That's totally Any the opposite. Any decoration it's, idea. <laughs> I'm just again, I haven't finished unpacking. There's still a lot of boxes and right now I do see, I do have a perfectly good like TV stand that like a, like a Isa, like a rolling cart stand that I haven't actually like put back together yet. And so but it's a milk my, carton on, on a skateboard. My TV is, uh, yeah, is, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's super embarrassing. Yes. That's a, that's, I mean, it, it happens. It's a brand new product. These things happen, but uh, this is, this is why I, I, again, I, I'm, I'm an Apple fan myself, but I have to deal with lots of Apple fans who are way more intense than me. And every time I hear people say, you see, it doesn't matter that Apple is, hasn't been in the smart speaker model because they don't care about getting there first or even early. They wait and they think, and then when they finally release something, it's perfect. It's like, no, that hasn't been true about anything they've ever done because they are actually composed of mortal men and women who can make mistakes or have to just make a decision of A and B when the deci- when the deadlines are coming coming short. Uh, I want to get into the pixel conversation so badly, uh, but it's so far down the outline for today's show. <laughs> 
Because well, you're making okay, me want to launch into it with all this Apple talk. <laughs> you know what? Let's t- uh, t- tell you what. Well, let's we we will have an ad, and then we'll let's actually do an ad. I will I will during the ad I will personally cut and paste that to the very top of Act One. Thank you, Andy. I you uh, can do that old... in a shared Google Doc. Oh. Just talk know, talk, talk slow. It's the magic of it's the magic of Google, everyone. Imagine if we were doing this through Google Wave. Imagine if that uh, was still a product. That, product. Um, that was designed here in my uh, home home character method acting state of Australia. That's what we call them here, right? States, I think. This is a state. You named it out of after the beautiful waves of the Pacific Ocean. I know. Uh, and the maybe. people just didn't um, use it. They didn't appreciate it. We had to shut it down. All the engineers went and worked on Google Maps instead. It's so sad, Flo. I can't believe you brought that up. I'm so sorry I brought it up. So instead, I'm going to bring up an ad. Uh, This episode of Material is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter the offer code MATERIAL at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio, perhaps of Android apps that you've worked on. Maybe you want to create a blog perhaps of ideas you have for Android apps. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed so that you just worry about showing off your ideas. Squarespace plans start at just 12 bucks a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up and use the offer code material to get 10% off your first purchase, you are showing your support for this show where we really appreciate you and where we really appreciate Squarespace. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move and make your next website. <laughs> okay, so the uh, International Data Corporation, IDC, they're a really big market research firm, has released their notes on smartphone sales in the fiscal year 2017. Uh, and so they have some numbers for us to, to for us to digest. Yes. Uh, they say that Google shipped 3.9 million Pixel phones in 2017. Wait, did you and mean 39 million, Andy? Three, no, 3.9. No, 3. point. Uh, I don't know if that's metric or not, but if you want to convert that to metric, <laughs> you double it and add 30. So that would be uh, like 7.8. So 37.8 <laughs> million. You're right. So you're right. In metric, that's 37.8 million pixels. Uh, but IDC says 3.9 million uh, units were shipped. Uh, and so you can f- – I. they also said that the uh, that Essential, they shipped mm. – well, you, you – I would say take a guess, but it's in the show notes. It's so we will take five seconds for you, the listener, to think about how many phones you think the, that essential shipped. Again, wonderful, incredible phones. The originator of, uh, of Android, yeah. his vision for Android, and the answer is probably less than you assumed. It's less than you assumed. It's possible to sell units of a phone that people have heard of ninety thousand. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. 90,000. That's it feels that feels like that's how many they make for testing purposes and to for promotional purposes and for review. That's that's how many like they assume that of course in our we're going to be uh, running about 5 million of these 
And of course, we're going to assume that ninety thousand we're not going to charge any money for because we're going to give it to Shaq. Or that's probably or how many whomever. come off a production line like Faulty. If you make enough phones, you're like ah oh, ninety thousand, whatever. Or if you're starting a Kickstarter, you're a tiny little two person company in a shed, and you're like, oh, we're going to kickstart this phone idea. You'd probably be stoked selling ninety thousand. You'd be like, yeah, we hit our Kickstarter Maybe funding goal. That's how goal. many jelly phones are out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If your jelly phone, you sold ninety thousand. You're like, that's good. I'll. You know, I'll say that if your if your daughter sold sold ninety thousand boxes of Girl Scout cookies, she's meeting the president. <laughs> now, you can hopefully you can choose which president, but that's 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 probably, a really probably also great going to jail honor. for a tax cookie fraud. How do you sell ninety thousand cookies? That's a lot. The cookies are really good, Russell. They're, Have you? They're really yeah, super good. Oh, they're so good. And they're, they're so really laced with all the stuff that makes you want to keep eating them. <laughs> I feel like we need, we and need some and context seasonal here, though, right? so that you can you can convince yourself that it's the plus thing is I can't buy these like coconut chocolate like crispy cookies any time of the year. It's only, and it's helping. Look right there on the side of the box. It says you're helping little girls learn business and learn self confidence. I want women to learn about little girls to learn about business and self confidence. <laughs> Wait, wait. I, will, I will buy 90,000 boxes Okay, I'm, go, I'm going down this rabbit hole with you. Is it, is it the case? Because I'm obviously not a, 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 I was gonna say I'm not Australian. I'm not American, as you can tell by the accent. <laughs> is it actually the case, just like in Despicable Me and like other movies like that, that they physically come and knock on your door and sell you cookies? Is that honestly how it works? No, they usually set up shop in front of like all the places where people <laughs> will eat a lot. Um, in California, that includes yeah. uh, dispensaries. Yep. <laughs> Uh, grocery stores. Got the munchies, man. Um, those Girl Scouts are smart. They know That's their clever. audience. <laughs> yep. Uh, but okay, like back back to the subject. So three point nine million Pixel phones <laughs> essential. So they got to feel good that they outsold uh, the essential phone at ninety thousand. Until you read further down the chart and learn that Apple sold two hundred and seventeen million iPhones in twenty seventeen. At which point you don't even want to know how many Samsung sold. <laughs> they sold 317 million. So right. again, um, I, right. again, I, I was I, I felt the need to do some math. Uh, even if Google wants to feel about how, oh well, at least we trounced our, our prominent con- competitor. So uh, <laughs> Google did sell 43 times as many Pixel phones as Essential did Essential phones, but uh, Apple sold 56 times as many iPhones as Pixels. So. Can't believe you did math, but we really appreciate uh, how much you devote yourself to this podcast. I was, um, I was looking for some good news. But I, gotta, <laughs> I, I, I think that design-wise and culture-wise, Google has achieved great things with the Pixel phone. I was looking oh, yeah. for reasons for bragging rights. They did. Uh, IDC also said that uh, in legitimate good news that. Uh, their uh, rate of sales doubled in 2017 uh, as opposed to 2016. Also, their market share increased from 1.8% to 2.8%, which is still not terribly impressive, but uh, IDC uh, shows... That's pretty th- I, I, fast for a first year exactly. smartphone. And, and remember, Steve Jobs said that after the iPhone, if after one year they had 2.8% of the uh, 2 or 3% of the market, he'd be very, very happy. So... Steve Jobs himself, who was no dummy, would have been very, very <laughs> proud to launch the Pixel phone. I think that they should put that on the side of a bus somewhere. You know, the other thing is, too, the whole context of this, which and the reason I was saying, oh, when I get to this topic so badly is because I've just sort of I'd been rolling my eyes at the headlines, like compared to the iPhone. It's like, first of all. <laughs> 
you know, first of all, you need to take into account the audience that knew about the Pixel versus the audience that knows about the iPhone. The fact that uh, the Pixel, the reason it sold better in 2017 is because the marketing was going on a little stronger, a little harder. Google really came out towards the end of the year. I just, as a consumer, as a person of the world, I saw a lot more Google billboards around um, the cities I visited. I saw a lot more um, Google ads in airports and on TV. And on like channels, you know, that everybody watches, garbage television channels, which is really <laughs> like the best place to put these ads because common, you know, the rest of us are <laughs> watching garbage television. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but so to that point, it's just, uh, it's not a comparison of apples to apples comparing like a Google Pixel to an iPhone. And I also agree that... Well, actually, let me start that over. I do agree with you, Andy, but I want to talk about the fact that the Pixel is part of a bigger plan from Google, which is to create this whole ecosystem of products for people to use. The fact that like, okay, the Pixel is a phone. Cool. It's a Google phone. So if you want to get the Google phone, you can, but you don't have to get the darn Google phone if you don't want to. You can get the Samsung phone uh, or you can get the LG phone. And then when you get home, that phone still works with all of your Google stuff. That phone still works with your Google Wi-Fi, your Chromecasts, your Google Home, all of that stuff that you've got. So it's that's what I'm sort of like more focused on right now. I'm focused on the ecosystem that's being created through all of these products. Um, the fact that the Pixels – remember, the Nexus was the test program to an extent. And I still see the pixels as that, except we're not testing on developers anymore. We're testing on consumers. <laughs> so a lot of the stuff that's coming out has to be really flashy and very marketable. You can't just rely on the small, you know, incremental Android updates that, I mean, yes, we, they want to, you know, they have to communicate to developers about what's coming up, what they've been working on, but that's what Google IO is for. That's not what the phone release is for. Like the phone release is to bring all this stuff from Google IO to the people and then test all this stuff on the people, the machine learning, the Google assistant, uh, the way all the apps, uh, work in tandem with one another, all the Google apps, um, like broadening the content ecosystem that Google has too, so that you are consuming content through them. I just think we have to stop looking at just phones. Like this is the year we have to stop looking at just phones as an extension of like this business because it's totally beyond phones now. Uh, our houses are being infiltrated now. <laughs> it's not just our hands. <laughs> it's gone beyond that. And I feel like we need to look at the whole picture. And so I, as a Google user, I scoff from back here because I see white rings on tables for, for Apple <laughs> users. Um, and I see very expensive phones for Apple users. And I still see a Siri that's extremely half-baked in comparison yeah. to Google Assistant and Alexa. And the reason I buy all this Google stuff is because not just because I cover it, but it's because I genuinely want to spend money on this stuff because I genuinely... Uh, believe and trust the Google product because I've been an Android user for so long. So we got to stop counting phone numbers, especially for the Pixel, because the Pixel's not the only part of Android. Like if you, let's go back and count Android as a whole, and then we could talk about like platforms again, if we want to make it about that. Okay. <laughs> 
That's Ooh, my rant. I like it fly. No, I, I honestly I agree with you. Like Android is far bigger than the Pixel. If if anything, yeah. Android is still tied up in Samsung, like really, really heavily in terms of just handset sales. The thing for I now, think is interesting though. For that, now. For now. That this is the part I think is really interesting, right? So you touched on this. I used to go to San Francisco and I sorry, I still do, but the the whole you still do. one of the excitement th- exciting things about going there was just seeing all the tech billboards because you you'd never, ever, ever in Australia yeah. see an ad for like the Pixel One or the Nexus whatever or I've lived for my whole life. I didn't even think of that. Exactly. But here's my point is this year in Australia, what have I seen a lot of is Pixel 2 ads. So Google here partnered with one of our major carriers like Telstra and they they blanketed like bus stops, you know, buses, like billboards. A a huge billboard coming into the city here in Adelaide was like, here's the Pixel 2. And I think they were... They were touting a few features. One was the unlimited photo storage, like they were pushing that really yeah. hard. Um, the other one was just here's a phone from Google, like they were trying to push that as a unique angle as yeah. here's something you've never seen before. Like Australia is really iPhone heavy. You basically have people that buy and buy high-end phones pretty much just buy iPhones and then Android is all the sort of mid to low-end sort of devices. That's just the kind of country Australia is. And I thought it was really interesting that for once Google's obviously spending, you know, a lot of marketing budget. They've got their... Um, they do the thing that Apple used to do a lot of is before Apple had stores, in a lot of the Australian stores they'd set up like a little specialised Apple stand and they all looked exactly the same in every single store because obviously some Apple rep had gone in and said, you know, you have to set it up exactly like this and they did. And Google's now doing that as well. You have these dedicated, you know, Pixel 2 stands with the exact same config in every single store, the exact same sort of marketing message. I think it's interesting and I think I agree with you, like it's only just starting but I do feel that you do have to put those numbers in some kind of context, right? So 3.9 million is not a lot of phones compared to Samsung's, you know, 317 or whatever. If you want to compare it directly to the S8 and say that sold, I don't know, 100 million or whatever it sold, it's it's a tiny fraction. I think if in a few years' time it's still really low, then I think Google has a problem. Like I think right now it's ramping up, yeah. like you say, Flo. It's, it's going somewhere. that It's a long sort of lead time to work on some of this stuff. But if we're on Material Podcast two years from now, and we're like, yeah, Google sold 4.5 million pixels and it's fine. It's at, I think at that point it's it's no longer fine. Yeah, but as long as they have something to say with the Pixel, uh, the, the Nexus phones, they were uh, explicitly, we want to have a Google-based expression of what we think Android can be. We're not we're not trying to take over the market. We certainly don't want any of our uh, hardware partners to think that we're entering the phone market. Uh, but Pixel, I think, still has that sort of that sort of uh, hoodoo about it, where if you really want to see uh, the best expression of Android, it's still you got to get the phone that's made by Google. There's there is just something about the Pixel phone that no other make really delivers on, and it's it's uh, no uh, it's no secret that they seem to be pivoting towards we're not we're not going to be making $500 phones anymore we're definitely going to be making these $700 $800 god forbid $1000 phones they're going for the same uh, the same sort of pot of gold that Apple's gone for where it's wonderful they're one of the best selling phones on the market but their mode has always been we're going to have so high a markup on every single one of them that our profits on whatever however many sell are going to be insane so they can get so uh, they're not going to be able to compete with Samsung, the b- worldwide, the biggest manufacturer yeah. of stuff, not yeah. just phones. They're any, Name something, they're the biggest manufacturer of that thing. Uh, so they can they can beat it by being more polished, more elegant, more rational, despite having a Google name on it, more uh, secure, more safe, more private. I think Google's going to beat Samsung. 
I, oh, no, 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 no. I this year Samsung's gonna get bigger. It's just gonna get bigger. Uh, sorry. Yeah, we're only what <laughs> a, just, a month from the Aston launch. That no, no, no I'm, I'm not even talking it? about. I'm not even talking about that phone. I'm not even talking about the Note. Just like ecosystem wise, I see what they are going after, and yeah. they've already got those two, 317 million people are easy to convert to a Samsung house. I'm telling you, that's yeah. what's gonna happen. Yeah, because it's oh. Man, guys, we're <laughs> entering a new. It's all about the smart home. I'm so not impressed by phones anymore. <laughs> you've, you've, like, you've abandoned oh. us, Flo. Flo, you're all about see. you're all about the smart home now. It's like the the phone's well, dead to me. So new and exciting. I mean, guys, no, no, I've been doing it. this stuff it. for five years. You know, it gets kind of, yeah. <laughs> kind of like. I'll see, I this is uh, this is something that uh, maybe it takes me again i've been doing this for a long time now at half my life yeah. at this point i start I, I will point out that i started doing this when i was like 19 oh my god for more than half my life for more than i started more than, at 18 Andy. more than half my life you okay, always fine, start whatever. young let's, you start let's not, young. Let's, let's not get into how damn old i am but uh <laughs> what i what i love is that the the, the thing that the instinct that tells me that a company is really on to something is despite the fact that I have seen hundreds and hundreds of phones and in any calendar year, dozens of phones, when I see the, when I get my hands on the pixel two for the first time and I'm like, Oh boy, this is nice. I love the shape of it. I love yeah. the feel of it. I love the, I love the Panda design. And I, that's brilliant to have that little flash of color in the, in the wake sleep button. So that's pretty. brilliant. I love that. I love how fast and responsive <laughs> it is. I love, I, I can't, I'm continuously blown away by how good the, the HDR is on the, on the camera. Uh, and just, I, the thing that got me, the, the thing that got me to switch from, uh, from iOS was that it started becoming more polished, more potential. And then when uh, material design hit, that was like, I don't see myself going back. It is so gorgeous. I love not only just pretty, but the idea of how how many times have you read like a user interface guidelines that says, you see, you mustn't you mustn't have a button on top of a scrolling field or on top of something else because I'll confuse the user. And then and then and then like material says well what if we just have like a circle with a plus sign in the email app so that at any given point if you want to it'll it'll it's in the lower right hand corner so it's not where people are going to be reading it's stuff anyway there. but it's the most obvious <laughs> button to push the the thing that uh, that I hated about the and still don't really like about the iOS major redesign that came with iOS 7 was that it's like it's so understated. It's so Bang and Olufsen that you never know what it wants you to. If you want to, if you, what do I click on to make something happen? Where do so I go to find? It's yeah. It's so <laughs> it's wonderful, and it looks like uh, uh, I. This is all rumors, but it's only a couple months before Google I/O, so it's the time for really good rumors. Uh, Bloomberg has a piece about what they think Android P is going to be about. Uh, and they're saying that uh, they this is they're saying that it's going to debut Material Two, which they're based on uh, XDA developers' uh, site. Uh, they discovered references to quote Google Material Design Two uh, in the commits to a brand new to a, the the latest like Chromium beta. Uh, like references to oh, and here, here are these two colors to make sure we comply with Google Material Design too. This is all like Google software. And shortly after XDA developers published uh, their post about it, those commits were made private. 
So, <laughs> and so they, and so uh, uh, Bloomberg has some sources that are saying that yeah, it's going to be really, really big, and not not throwing every not throwing up material design and replace with something even more improbable, uh, but essentially taking it to the next logical step uh, with a, focusing on an even cleaner and less cluttered look, a more touch focused experience of like uh, one of the things they were talking about is like tabs on a browser where once you have like Mojo tabs open, they become very difficult touch targets. And one of the things that in a, con- in a conceivable material d- to design app would be as a <laughs> built in way that it would just sort of make that stuff more actionable uh, and, just that is gets me so interested to see it because everything if the, the again we don't have a lot of information about it but if all you're telling if all google says is that write a list of everything you love about material design our goal was to make sure that everything on that list you love even more and i'm like oh you have my full and complete attention See, now why would I need any other phone when I have the Pixel 2 with material design on it? I mean, I I just have to I just I just want to add that that is partly the reason why I'm just not as like crazy about like, you know, every new phone now yeah. because when you have one that you rely on daily and you're just fine with it, like there's no, I mean, it's it's hard to want to use anything else. I'm I'm hard pressed to identify <laughs> anything about my Android phone and my Pixel One that I don't like and would get my attention focused to another maker. Certainly, uh, and I'm being helped by the fact that there were fewer Android phone makers that are making good like high end phones these days. But that's that just if this were if this were the only phone that were available. I'm hard pressed to dis- identify any area in which I say, "Gosh, I I hate the fact that Google has 98% of the phone market with their, their, their no matter where I go, I can only buy a Pixel phone and I can only use uh and <laughs> I can only use uh the the 2018 version of Android." Like, oh, just I just feel like I'm no, I'd say, "No, I'm fine." Just like just like the <laughs> just like the yeah. a, a zoo creature where I said, "You know what? I I can't roam the entire planet, but I can you've given me an area that's so big I can't really explore it all i'm fed i'm picking i'm i'm fed i'm kept healthy i'm kept away from predators i'm pretty okay with being locked in here don't please don't free me because <laughs> this is pretty sweet this deal that i've got right now i'm not looking to escape from this yeah i, I, I gotta say to, sorry Fly, you go i'm sorry russell no i wasn't looking at the screen i, didn't mean to you. <laughs> I can't I blame you wanted- for not wanting to look at our <laughs> two ugly mugs on the screen <laughs> I just wanted to hey, add I shaved one last yesterday. thing. <laughs> no, knowing that would be Someone podcast I today, to I shaved yesterday. That's how excited I was about putting on a good, good Hey, good I braided my hair, okay? You got that at least. <laughs> no bangs, and might, and might cool. I say, your skin looks very lively and fresh as though, you know, as though you're defying, oh, yeah, have you moisturized? I couldn't tell. It's... <laughs> And my it, moisturizer is made by LG isn't that for belief a fun by little LG? fact for everyone out there. <laughs> How do you pronounce belief, by the way? Belief? Um, belief? I bet Samsung made some of the components of that, though. <laughs> That's... It's a possibility. <laughs> and LG's trying to push some of the components onto other manufacturers. They're like, look, they guys, a, you want to put some of this? LG had, uh, LG had to outsource the emollients because nobody has the emollients <laughs> <laughs> facilities. We laugh, that, that but that also, happens, that also happens in beauty and skincare because mm. everything I, is owned by like I heard they had like a Gen 4 factory and they were trying to rev, uh, you know ramp up the Gen 5 one and they just didn't get the production yield on the moisturizer they wanted. So they had to go back to the 4 
before and there was like issues with moisturizer retention and stuff. It was terrible. Like, but you know, people with like streaks and oh, just the issues you get. By the way, this is this is tangentially I'm sorry, related. Flo, Flo, but you, you were about to you were about to say <laughs> we interrupted to, to say some foolishness. Flo, you have you have the floor. <laughs> I was going to say. Although now I know what Russell was going to say. <laughs> Russell, <laughs> tell me what you're going to say. I'm not going to be able to focus on what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Um, I was going to say that the, speaking of production issues, and this is only tangentially related, but I did end up, like I said on a previous show, did end up getting a Panda Pixel 2 XL. And there was a whole bunch of rumors of screen improvements and you know production fixes and stuff like that. And I got to say, I put the one we bought on day one next to this one and... This could be just coincidence. I don't have a, a decent sample size, but the screen on this new one looks way better. So I wonder if there was some, you know, light sort of LG tweaks to the production line that sort of resulted in in later phones being better. Who knows? Uh, we talked about moisturizer, which brought you to that, by the way. That's yes. how you thought about LG. <laughs> LG, because the screen is made uh, by LG. There's a connection put here. Put that too. on the record. And I want to say that is related to what I was going to say, which was that a friend of mine recently switched over from an iPhone to that exact Pixel 2 XL. Uh, he loves the crap out of it. And so it was just making <laughs> me think about how um, I feel like carriers, uh, the people who work at the carrier kiosks, people who work at the carriers and sell the phones, now that they've become familiar with the Pixel and the Pixel brand and what Google's trying to do, like I could see a lot more advocates out there in carrier land telling people like, hey, if you don't, I mean, there are people out there who go to the iPhone and go, I don't want this. Hey, come over here. It's really nice over here. I, I've really run that experiment like it. It's like living in Hawaii. In like stores. <laughs> Have you ever done this? You go into a phone store, uh, you pretend you know nothing, you show them like an iPhone. You're yeah. like, I'm a bit sick of this thing. It does like this and that. Can you recommend a phone for me? And it... Always used to be Samsung. It's like buy the Samsung, buy the Samsung, buy the Samsung. Oh, will... should we go experiment? What's that? Yes. I, I did experiment? this the other day. So I went into a store and I, I showed him my iPhone and I'm like, I'm a bit bored of this. And he like, showed you a Samsung? No, he showed me a Pixel. This is the first time oh. I've ever had this happen. He's like, I have a Pixel. I love this thing. He's like, I don't have the Pixel 2 yet because I can't quite afford it. But he's like, if I was buying a phone today, this is the phone I would buy. I'm like, ooh, yes. that's really interesting. It's starting. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm I'm on board with that. I, I I I like Samsung phones. I just wish that they would get their act together and make sure that things really work all together. They're not. I, I feel like there's too yeah. many features that are there to be a really good demo during the launch event, and then they after that they they pull the cork out of it and all the air rushes out of this feature and you never hear from it again. Like I a don't pineapple like the, floaty for the pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a slate a, a slate gray. <laughs> Pineapple floaty. No, 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 Andy. It's orchid gray. I'm sorry. Yes, there orchid were gray. Rumors that there's going to be a because God forbid you have a purple phone. A purple phone would be fun. A purple I love phone would the be purple awesome. phones. Google yes. should make a purple pixel, just like it did the pixel, <gasps> the pixel. blue pixel. Peter Papa picked a pack of purple pixels. How many well, purple pixels did Peter Papa pick? I okay. We we're that was we're, pretty good. I uh, I propose, and I I hope you're you're you guys are on board with this. It is Android P. <gasps> How about purple? The purple phone. Oh the my god, that would make phone. me so happy. Android I would, Pixel running Android P. Google Pixel running Android I would, P. Yeah, I I don't I don't care if it only had 32 gigs of RAM of of of, of storage on it. I would kind of <laughs> have to buy if you make a if you make a purple Pixel. Uh, excuse me, a purple Android P. Uh, Pixel phone, I kind of have to buy the it. I kind of have to own phone it. Introduced by Pichai, 
running Android P. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, it, it uh, just to, just to close out uh, the Bloomberg report. Uh, blah blah blah. Boring things that there's go- that uh, there's the, there's going to be support for like notched screens and even folding screens. Big more prominent prominent assistant. But the big nugget there is uh, they think the code name is pistachio ice cream. It's not. Hmm. I don't. Oh, think the so. code name is that's the not the name, name though. Yeah, right, sorry. Exactly. The code name is the code yes. Name. I think they're going to have to go for something. Pe- for- peanut M and M's. Well, for the record, pistachio ice cream is fantastic. As, like, if nobody's had it, just do it. Unless you're allergic to nuts. <laughs> then my be to do it. Because, yeah. Or at least have your EpiPen ready to go. <laughs> Sorry. It's for science. You should, you should definitely uh, not do that. I don't want to start another Tide Pod star thing. I mean, can they, that's, that's can just they, not like, camel, Can they camel case the code name Android EpiPen? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine oh, that in the Android like uh, sculpture garden and in Mountain oh, View? Oh, it's a little like pill, a, like an EpiPen, and Android Prozac. I mean, <laughs> yeah, forget about the dessert names. We just started getting into uh, medical products from P onwards. It's genius, Andy. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of all things Android, there was there was a very interesting article on um, Ars Technica by Roman Abaday. I'm not sure if you two um, have had a chance to read it. I'm holding up. This is my. Uh, Motorola 360 version 2 um, Android Wear device. I believe this was made around a year and a half ago. I'm good. Uh, Andy's holding up. You that have the exact same model. 2015. Those, those, those Horween leather bands really yeah. look awesome after a year or two. They do, yeah. don't they? Go ahead. I, I would know. I don't wear that. That we <laughs> didn't have to spend watch. an extra hundred bucks for because they gave us a plastic one. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know. I, 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 I paid a guy to wear, wear this for a year just so it could look aged by the time I put it on my <laughs> wrist. That's that's how I roll. Um, mm. <laughs> it's been. That's the way to do it. I, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Android Wear. I have been since it, it first launched. I'd never forget the Google Eye we went to when they gave us the Samsung Gear, the original one, I think it was called, or the Gear 2. I can't it remember. It depended. Everyone got a different one. I got the LG watch. Oh, that's right. You had so the choice of the, the Samsung or the LG. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that one. It was one of the first smartwatches on the market. It was given out to developers and press people that mm-hmm. attended. And you could really see that there's something in this, like this card style interface that it used to have. It was, it was, it looked really promising. It's like this is going to take off and take over the world. This is before Apple even had a watch, like at the time. Um, and here we are, like a whole bunch of years later. And there's this article that talks about that the Qualcomm, you know, system on the chip that was in Android Wear two years ago. Um, is still exactly the same chipset that Qualcomm is. The Wear 2100. Yeah, the Wear 2100 that they're selling two years later. It's based on a, a 28 nanometer process, which for those of you that aren't super familiar about processes, the way you make um, processes more efficient to use less power and, and hopefully like less battery, which we care about in watches, is you, you shrink the die. So you go from 28 nanometer mm-hmm. to whatever the next one is, 2024, 20, and then 18, and then 14. And there's a whole bunch of chips now that have been manufactured, you know, at 14 nanometers and less. And this thing still... 28 nanometer, still quite power yeah, I hungry. Think for Samsung's a, phones are 10, or they're gonna 10. be 10. They're, they're, they're 14, and, and the next generations, and the, both yeah. the Apple Watch and the Samsung are gonna be 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but the point is, for, that's where we're at. Yeah, two years later, <laughs> and and this is the thing that's happened, right? Uh, the, the, around the time the Moto 360 version two shipped, a whole bunch of other Android Wear devices did, mm-hmm. um, you know, around then and the the month sort of after that as well. And since then, we've kind of seen some interesting things. Like we've seen a whole bunch of. Um, uh, fashion brands, I guess, launch their own Android Wear watches yes. and they're like, here's the this and here's the that. But we haven't, Motorola's like, yeah, we're not making any more from now. You know, LG hasn't really made anything since the, the style that sort of came out, you know, last year and the whatever the big chunky one was that they made. But these are all huge, you know, chunky things that are, 
just massive. And part of the reason for that is you've got to you got this big chip, you've got to power it, you've got to have a big enough battery to power it. And it's it seems like a real shame. Like what you expect with processors, and this happens in every, almost every single industry, is that every six months or every 12 months there's a new processor, it gets more efficient, it gets faster, it gets smaller. And we just don't see that happening in Android Wear. Like is, is it time for, for Google to make some of these chips? What like if what's, there's a surprise? Oh, what's the what surprise? if there's a surprise in store, maybe from Qualcomm? Like the s- small chips will include, I don't know, like because the chips are going to be small anyway, smaller in size. Why not just use the same? I mean, I don't know. I'm just I don't, <laughs> not an SOC expert. It just seems like just, Qualcomm's kind of given up on that that market. Like I'd, I'm sure yeah. they make a killing sort of, you know, making chipsets for all the other phones and stuff. But it seems like Android oh, yeah. Wear just isn't big enough for them to put in the effort. Like what's going on here? Yeah, It's a, it's a self-defeating cycle, isn't it? That I think that maybe the reason Qualcomm might have gotten less interested after pretty much every other manufacturer has failed. They've had, let's say, limited success. They've had pre preliminary success. They've had pre-success only with They've Android essential smart phones watches. level of, of success. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good effort. You get the you get the plastic trophy that says with a big thumbs up saying, nice job, uh, but not really translating and translating people's I, excitement. I, I outsold Andy Rubin. <laughs> I, I was interested in an Android Wear watch, but in, but I just bought this T-shirt instead. Yes, that should <laughs> actually. I bet we could sell lots of those. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say Leo. that's 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 a good marketing opportunity for us. I'm making a note right now to follow yeah, up on it. that because I think that we can actually do that. Uh, but it's, so the, so the question is, did Qualcomm see the, the see uh, these manufacturers kind of getting cold feet and then said, well, we're not going to invest how many millions of dollars it's going to take to continue to develop the system on a chip if no one's going to be buying them in quantity. And then the next, per- if Motorola, say, was like, you know what, we, we really want to continue with this because we it's not a blockbuster product for us. Like, oh, well, Qualcomm's not, a, not even moving forward on a chip. Ooh, that makes our math really, really hard. And Motorola has even said that. <laughs> Motorola has said it was a. We're not, we haven't canceled the Moto series watches. We haven't. Ca- they're on hiatus, just like uh, just like Three's company was put on hiatus in 1982, 1983. It could come back at any time. It hasn't been canceled. What if they pare it down and do like an Android Wear Go? And then Moto will be like, hey, yeah, we'll make smaller watches now that actually fit Flo's wrists. I would buy an Android Wear Go. It's like the promise of Android Wear was, yeah, it's really chunky and they're massive and whatever, but technology fixes this. You give it a few years and that they'll come in tiny little packages and they'll be like, you'll fit on any wrist and they'll have like days long worth of battery life. And that promise never materializes. The watches got bigger, if anything, with like more stuff in them. And you're like, what is going on? They even the yeah they did get bigger. Yeah, I got I really got to say that though that between the Apple Watch and the Android Wear watch, I think that Android Wear really got the idea of here is how we can transform computing and make it relevant for yeah. a wrist. Apple when they released the Apple Watch, the hardware was gorgeous, which is why they haven't really had it. They can still sell the Series One today, and it's still just as relevant. But even at at launch. 
it was it had no idea what its point of view was going to be it was actually diff- as difficult to use as a tiny iphone strapped to your wrist and it took them a couple of years to figure out that the people who are buying these love the fitness features we're going to we're not necessarily backing away from all the other like smartphone features that we're putting into it but we're going to aggressively aggressively pivot this and say this is the most amazing health device you can possibly buy <laughs> and that the fact that it's actually of an appropriate size for a woman's wrist is a, is a yeah. As a, as a bonus too, so uh, so it really got me th- reading this stuff. Got me thinking that I, I wonder what kind of conversations they're having inside at Apple. They because they realize that they could now run the table if they decided to make the turn the uh, do the same thing to the Apple Watch they did to the iPod and the iPhone and just say you know what we will let we obviously can't let the Android uh, Android version of this do everything the Apple Watch can do because it res- it relies on the uh, relies on a lot of shared uh, code between iOS and the Watch OS but we can make basically make it the most awesome fitness device you can use on Android while while still being able to answer calls and and see text messages. They could basically make Android Wear just die a deathly death by doing that. Or are they saying that wouldn't it be if we have the only viable smartwatch on the market, why would we try to use that as leverage to get people to switch from their Android phones to the iPhone? Because at this point, they're selling so many. It sounds like a joke, but they are running out of people to sell iPhones to. That's becoming something to look at. All my iPhone friends have an Apple, like, I, well, most of them have an Apple Watch to pair mm-hmm. with yep. their iPhone. I Again, I, I'm, a, I'm an Android, uh, Android phone user, and guess which watch I was wearing all day today? My Apple Watch. I just like it as a, as a cool watch, even though I, 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 it has no connectivity whatsoever with my, with my Android watch, uh, my Android phone. Just the fact that as a, as a hmm. cool timepiece, as a fitness thing that independently of, uh, of, uh, of any other phone, it can tell me where my health rings are. It can tell me how much exercise I've done. Fortunately, I do own an iPhone, which is required to at least set it up and get it going on its own. But it just really just hammer home that the fact that I'm willing to wear this day after day and I love it, even though it does maybe 20% of the stuff it can do uh, if I were using an iPhone – Again, if they if they decided to make it compatible with Android, I think they could they could just chill the Android Wear market dead. I just went to the Play Store and like, let me look for an Apple Watch <laughs> app. <laughs> like, maybe I could find one. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I just for so I just why not try? I wish there was some way, but yeah, Apple's closed, so I guess why would there be an easy way? Yeah, this, this reminds me of a, of a conversation from a few weeks ago about getting iMessage on Android. I suppose it's, it's all the same reasons. Like Apple just don't want to. They want you to think that their platform is superior and you don't get their watches. But I, I have a question for you too. So if you put in put on your prediction hats, Google I is coming up. The date's been announced. It's May 8th or something like that, so somewhere in that sort of week. Um, Day before my birthday. Do, exactly. Do you think there'll be any sort of major Android Wear announcements? Like, is, is this a platform that's that Google's still behind? Because it seems like recently their their interest in Android Wear has cooled, or at least they haven't said much about it. Mm-hmm. I'd be really happy if they even just have sessions, even if they're just if they're just videos somewhere about it. I don't. They didn't even mention it. I don't think during the keynote last year, and that was a long keynote. So. Yeah, I don't think Unless it was in the keynote. There was definitely sessions on it last year because I did actually speak to oh, some yeah, of the there, wear there, engineers. Sessions, like, yeah. yeah, I saw I saw a lot of stuff. So I I, I want to see some love for Android, where at least some indication that it's not dead. 
but uh, again, even even I and I and I do like my my Moto Series Two watch. It's like I have to find reasons to uh, these these two are typically like on my dresser on two on two chargers the 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 Apple Watch and the and the Android Wear watch I can grab either one of them when I get dressed in the morning and usually now that now that I was able to replace that horrible plastic band that keeps tearing my you know my Eastern European arm hair off every time I put it on or turn turn it <laughs> off it's like yeah I think I want the Apple Watch i got to say, speaking of chargers, this is a complete sort of tangent, but I, I still think the Motorola charger is one of the more elegant of the, the watch yeah. chargers. I can't believe Apple's little puck thing that keeps flipping over the wrong way and you're trying to jam your watch on it and your watch kind of flips off. I'm like, it's just not an elegant design. Like the watch is, Apple's watch looks amazing, but the charger is like, what, what were you thinking? Just, just make a nice one. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan, yeah. but I'll tell you, Unless Flo, did, did you have a prediction you wanted to make for uh, for Google O and Android Wear? Oh, I forgot we were talking about predictions because <laughs> I don't have one. Clearly, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe though. I just haven't really been thinking much about it. I'm not wearing one. I'm not wearing okay. one. Yeah, and I mean that's fair. <laughs> I have to say about that. The things are huge. They're still quite clunky. Like there's a ways to go. Um, I'll tell you what's what's not huge or clunky though is is our next sponsor and this episode is brought to you by Pingdom. Uh, if your website was down right now, just think about this. If visitors couldn't access your content or they couldn't click that all important buy now button, how would you even know? You wouldn't know until it was too late probably and that's why you need Pingdom. They give you the peace of mind you need. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. If you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website is a breeze. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, um, and they can check it as often as every minute if you want them to. So start monitoring your site today. All Pingdom needs is the URL, and they can take care of all the rest for you. Go to pingdom.com, that's P-I-N-G-D-O-M.com slash RelayFM right now, and you'll get a free 14-day free trial. No credit card required. Then when you sign up, you can use the offer code material at checkout and you get a massive 30% off your first invoice. So we want to thank Pingdom so much for their support of this show and of all of Relay FM. Hooray. Okay, Hooray! Well, <laughs> before, be- before we go, we have some uh, – actually, this has been unusually for us. We, we, we do like Google. We do like Google products. This has been an unusually Google positive uh, show, I think, even even when the, the sales of the Pixel 2 were – underwhelming we turned that into a way to talk about how much we love the pixel so let's let's uh let's uh wrap up with our usual uh running theme of google doing something really cool but also creepy at the same time uh their new uh the new google chrome ad blocker goes live on thursday we're recording on wednesday night so by the time you listen to this uh there will be new versions of chrome for everything uh, that will have a new a brand new built-in ad blocker and so how good this is going to be depends on whether you're listening, whether you're reading Google's blog post or pretty much anything anybody else is writing about it. Uh, basically, from, from Google's point of view, if you read their blog post uh, about how it works, uh, they have there's an independent industry coalition that has come up with a list of 12 really bad behaviors for ads, things like pop-ups and like delayed pop-ups and autoplay videos and autoplay audio, that sort of stuff. Uh, and so uh, the over the previous, I don't know, months, maybe even years, 
Uh, Google ha- Google servers have been looking at websites and identifying ones that violate these things. When they announced that they were be- going to be putting it in an ad blocker, they started, I think, reaching out to these sites, giving them a score of either, uh, let's see, three, three scores, either uh, passing, failing, or just a warning based on the number of violations. If they were failing, they were informed that, yeah, you really want to fix all this stuff. They also released a tool and an API so that developers could run these tests on their own sites. Uh, and they said that as of February 12th, uh, 42% of sites that they had been te- that had been informed that they were failing had resolved their issues and are now given a passing grade. So the thing is that uh, the once the site is informed that it's got a failing grade, they've got 30 days to correct their issues. If they don't, then it appears in a list of uh, actionable, let's say, websites that Google, that uh, Chrome will check whenever you visit a, web, uh, a new address. Uh, and if it's on that one, that's, and here's a quote from the website, I think, network requests on the page, such as those for JavaScript or images, are checked against a list of known ad-related URL patterns. And if there is a match, Chrome will block the request, preventing the ad from displaying on the page. And supposedly it's going to work the way that an ad blocker does. We'll just there'll be like a little like pop up, ironically enough, <laughs> uh, the, the way the way that an ad the, that Google ad blockers automatically work. There'll be like a little a little banner that says, "Oh, by the way, we're, we blocked some content," and then there's a button if you want to actually load it in or if you want to whitelist the site. As you're you're welcome to it. Uh, and so uh, the. Now everybody else will tell you that okay, you know this industry <laughs> industry standard coalition. Guess who? Guess whose research that this co- coalition's finding is based on? A 2015 study that Google prepared. Who is who is basically put together this coalition? Google. Uh, Wall Street Journal uh, has uh, some uh, has an article about this saying that, uh, and here's a quote: Several coalition members said that, and the people who are on this coalition uh, said that Google conceived of the coalition and performed the bulk of the research that informed its rulemaking process. Google executives were among the most influential voices on its committees and helped steer its decision-making to favor its own ad formats, the people said. (laughs) Google's leading role in the standard-setting process troubled some of the coalition's members who observed that the blacklisted ad formats generally don't apply to Google's own business, according to people who were part of the process. Google generates most of its revenue from text search ads and rectangular display ads rather than the visually rich media ads that will be banned by the coalition. So, you know, I I don't see what the problem is. I mean, no one is looking at Google as maybe uh, a a company that's become too powerful Then maybe the FTC should consider breaking it up or reducing its power. I don't I think this is just more love for everybody. What do you think? Well, yes. Nattering I, nabobs, I, nervous I, I, Nellies. That's I do, what I think they are. I do get exactly what you're saying, Andy. The, the problem is is Chrome, if you just consider it as a web browser, like disconnected from the whole Google experience, this is what their users are demanding. Like you, you go to a lot of websites and I don't have a problem with ads. I don't run ad blockers. I'm quite happy to you can, you can have an ad in between every single paragraph as long as it doesn't bother me. Like my, I think mine and a lot of other people, the beef is I come to your website and suddenly there's a full page like popover ad that's playing audio and video and it's telling me about something like I don't, I don't want to see that. I find that really disruptive. Like I'll often close your page and go somewhere else. Like if it's on the side, if it's not playing audio, if it's just, you know, if it's a, a general sort of ad, you can have as many of those as you want. Like I, I really don't care. Like if you, however you pay for your site as you pay for your site, like I'm happy to accept that deal. But 
a lot of these ads, they go way further. Like they do all these things that this coalition talks about. And we've we've covered this on this podcast before. And I know this is a coalition primarily run by Google and sort of researched by Google. And it obviously favours Google ads because they're those text-based ones that Andy's talking about. But if you can separate the Google part from it, like if this was a Firefox move or if this was a um, an Opera move or something like that, we'd, we, I think we'd all be for it. We'd all be like, yep, yep, that's, that's a good thing for Firefox to, to do. That's a good thing for Opera to do. I think where the sort of rubber meets the road is this is Google doing it. It's also one of the biggest ad companies in the world and they have competitors. They aren't the only ad company in the world. So it's interesting, isn't it? The company who makes ads also make the browser that's going to block some ads but not necessarily their ads but we kind of feel their ads are better but does that unfairly sort of influence other people's ads? Like it's like, hmm... I mean, speaking as a person who has worked on the internet for quite a long time, uh, I will say that disruptive ads are awful. But unfortunately, I have, you know, I unfortunately there are um, myriad sites that have fallen to the the ad. I don't even know what to call it. It's just what we've all had to do to yeah. survive in this um in this industry. Uh, so, you know, to me, I'm just like, I'm really curious what publishers are thinking about right now with all of those ads that are now going to be covered. I didn't even think about the fact that this would be covering ads. And I, I keep forgetting. I know it instinctually. I know it every single day, every minute of the day. But when we talk about Chrome, then I kind of forget the fact that Google is also an ad company. <laughs> like you just kind of forget that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and it, it makes sense why it makes sense. This is a really easy thing to sell to people because people are going to be like, well, of course, I don't want I don't want crappy ads and I don't want to have to live in this unsafe reading environment because that's really what it is. It's just an unsafe reading environment, not only to mention. And so wait, did we go through all the standards that this coalition said? Because I'm very curious if there's something in there about um, about uh, like fake headlines. Because there's those ads that, you know, they say like someone yeah. in your city, like like someone in so your city used this product to like lose weight. And so mm. it looks like this real ad, uh, it looks like this real article that's a part of the content, but it's actually, you yeah, know, I, an ad I, I, I hate with that. location. I, I, I feel like something's been stolen from me when I, especially when it looks like it's posted by the same companies. It's not the ones where, yeah. hey, do you, there's a, the, the, the post office hopes you don't learn this, well, this, this one yeah. trick in Framingham, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, you're just like. <laughs> so, here, really? so here's the here's the twelve quote twelve ad experiences uh, that they say the research found to be particularly annoying to users. They're almost all just how an ad is delivered as opposed to what the ad is on the desktop. It's pop up ads, uh, pre pre statistical. Ads that come up when when before you get to see, read a, read a, an article, autoplay video ads with sound, uh, the large sticky ads you can't get rid of on mobile. It's pop up ads again, predecessional ads, uh, autoplay video ads with sound, postitial ads with countdown. Density over 30%, meaning it's covering up more than 30% of the screen. Flashing animated ads. I, I, it's been a while since I've been invited to punch a monkey, so I don't know how big that is. <laughs> I miss that large, monkey. Large sticky ads. 
and full screen scroll over ads. So we're not talking about like what the content is. And that's, it's, uh, there's a reason why uh, I run Ghostery. There's a reason why I run ad blockers. It really isn't because of the ads annoying as they are. It's because I don't want these 40 or 50 trackers to say, I all I want to do is like read a comic strip today. I don't want forty different ad companies to add that to a profile. That's what I'm. I, that's why I don't really. I'm not really afraid of what Google is tracking about me. It's these a million little uh, uh, marketing companies that, for all I know, the next time I I try to go for a car loan, the next time I try to uh, uh, yeah. go for a really good job, they they the way that they abuse these data sets with fake sciences, they they can basically there there are. Uh, uh, hiring firms that will say we will use this that we will tell you if you give us like the if you give us a name and address and a social security number we'll be able to tell you what we oh we andy anatko well based on his web browsing experience we know that we think that he's kind of a loser because he's home like most weekday <laughs> afternoons uh and he mostly he mostly visits nerd sites like all about computers and stuff so i don't think he's really good about focusing on things he also fits the profile of people who who tend to steal office supplies toner and sell them on on the dark web like you have no science to back this up you have to you have to deliver results you have to be able to tell this people that you oh thank god we told you not to hire this and that's the sort of stuff i'm worried about and that's none of that is being is being handled by uh by any of this stuff but you can see you can see where they're it's google's interest is and even the advertising industry's interest is really obvious here they want they they feel as though things have gotten so out of hand that you are going to you as the user are going to install an ad blocker they want you to they they're i think they love the fact that there could be one built into the most popular browser that allows ads to go through just not to annoy you and prevents you from wanting to get the way more effective ad blocker that defeats those trackers that prevents all of those ads from popping up in the first place so i'm not surprised that this is finding traction and i'm not won't be surprised if this isn't quote popular unquote this time next year oh it's gonna be super popular people are gonna love this people are they're gonna love it not gonna fix the ads on facebook oh yeah but you know (laughs) you're still gonna have to deal with those ads yeah what do what do the what do the Russian election interferer hackers think about this? Because they're they are very very effective advertisers and users of social media marketing campaigns. They 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 probably have something to say about how they want to make sure they can still influence the twenty eighteen midterms uh, without having to deal with all this falderall of these 12, 12 different bad ads. Oh look, the, the Russians are a smart people. I think that they they design ads that wouldn't even probably fall under any of these problems. Yeah, not no, a, not no a, issues okay, whatsoever. No, I, I take issue with that. Not not according to the dash cam videos that have been all over the web. <laughs> a lot of them are not very smart people. Oh, a lot of them are very drunk and angry people. <laughs> You could be I smart put a dash and cam drunk on my birthday list Ooh. this year. <laughs> Phil's, Sorry. Phil, I keep calling you Phil. Flo's going on a Russian on us. Well, you never know what's going to happen out there on the road. Y- you could get some amazing no, footage of some meteors or like cars swerving in and out of lanes. Like. I mean, I'm mostly just thinking about turkeys running out in the middle of the road. Yeah. There's a lot of turkeys here and deer. Wait, is that some kind of... Uh, Euphemism for people, or are we talking like? No, there are literal turkeys and deer that just like run out in the middle of the road. Listen, it's California. There's hills. There's a lot of animals. 
to accidentally <laughs> hit here. You seriously have I'm turkeys. very sorry. Just running around. Yes. Oh, wow. my gosh. Yes. Oh, no. I have an awful story. I'm not going to tell it because I don't want to trigger anybody. Like, it's just, oh, it's awful. I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm sure that our listeners, like, maybe in the northern United States, I don't know if it's everywhere, but I don't know what happened 15 or so years ago. I've, I spent all of my life living in the same rough geographical area and never seeing, like, wild turkeys at all to now they're almost like squirrels like at, at that certain, at certain times of it's year so like true. in my at my old place I had had like a big backyard and I would just see like a dozen of them like with little young turkeys in tow just like walking around pecking at grubs again they they they're cross cl- the they're, highway they're the here yeah in droves wow. like I, while everybody's driving 80 miles an hour what are you doing <laughs> It's like, was, was there some sort of government deregulation of like the wild <laughs> oh turkey community that <laughs> I don't, something, I just want to know if there are any biologists The turkeys were so there. pardoned. We just throw them out off I think them. what happened is in all so the turkey sorry. schools, they started preaching abstinence and they're like, no, 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 no more contraception for you turkeys. And then 15, 20 years later, you know, this, these things happen. We should probably wrap the show. We've gone yeah, way off topic. <laughs> <laughs> this is when again that's that, that that's the that's the that's the that's the the, the seasoning that makes our the show I don't know if it's entertaining for the listeners the but it's entertaining the ma- for me I enjoy that but yes perhaps we should start wrapping things up uh flow any anything you want to plug or talk about or mention for that will help people get attention for your own wonderful wonderful work Yes, I'm covering the Google Home and Google Assistant for review.com slash USA Today now. Ooh, yeah. uh, so a couple articles on the docket coming up, a lot of help, a lot of helpful stuff coming up. So um, right now I have a little uh, intro to IFTTT and the Google Home up on review.com. So if you're curious, you want to pass that along. And I made it easy enough so that anybody with even like no programming experience could just do this. Um, and that's the kind of articles I'll be writing over there. Uh, and then I'm just working behind the scenes on a lot of stuff, uh, for Tom's guide. We've got a lot of, I'm doing a lot of reviews of DIY security cams. I'm secretly hoping, secretly hoping because it would be all for the lols. If we could, (laughs) this is terrible. If my cat would trigger one of the security systems, one of these weeks, cause I'm going to be testing for the next like eight weeks, uh, security <laughs> systems, maybe longer than that. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, maybe we'll have, <laughs> have a good, you gotta you know. find out what your cat really does during the day. Ooh. If you know, if, if you, if you're getting, if you get desperate, are you going to just like, like rub tuna on door handles and like things that would be <laughs> yeah. cute if a cat, if a cat were filmed, like licking it or rubbing its face against it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I need her <laughs> to help me with all, well, we're both at home all the time. So she needs to be in the one room. Where we're not, so she could trigger. This is, this is what we do for testing, folks. This is how your tech reviews get done. Okay. Oh. <laughs> this is this is like your, your cats are living like every kid's nightmare. Like when their parents are like substitute teachers and they're they're working at your school for the next two months. It's like you don't really you don't understand. I go to school and I don't I I get to not be watched by you for a period of time and i kind of like it or the cat's like wouldn't it be great if you were to leave and i could work on my novel or claw the curtains like a normal cat <laughs> wouldn't it be great do? if uh, your robot vacuums would stop waking me up from the middle of my naps and coming to like eat me because i would really appreciate that 
Anyway. God, per, per, <laughs> you know what? That, 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 from the cat's point of view, like, you know what? Pursuit predators are so selfish. It's those of the, it's the, us predators who are like run fast, tackle, kill quickly. They don't understand that we need to save it up. If you could just think from my point of view, claws, teeth, that's what I'm good at. Not well. I love animals. I, I love do. most for animals for this reason. I love anyway. I love interacting with my cat and the tech I bring it home. <laughs> anyway, Russell, what you what are you going on that people should know about? Uh, I'm trying to think. We, I've all, I have the only camera I have in my house is the Ring doorbell, and I wonder if there's some way to get my cat to ring the doorbell. That would make for an amazing video. So that, <laughs> little hey, it's, it's me, your cat. Can I come in? That. So if if I if I manage to pull that off, you'll find it at uh, Twitter.com/slash Rusty Shelf. Cats can't come in unless you invite them. <laughs> They also can't see themselves in the mirror. I've tried that one a few times and it doesn't see itself as another cat. So it must definitely be a vampire. (laughs) And they hate garlic. (laughs) And I haven't tried sticking a steak. No. (laughs) And as usual, if you spell my last name, you can get check my Instagram, you can check my Twitter, you can check my blog at anatgo.com. Uh, the silly stuff I write for, about tech for pay are at the Chicago Sun-Times website, suntimes.com. Also, um, about every couple of weeks, I'm on uh, public radio in Boston talking tech for about a half an hour. The next one is uh, Wednesday, a uh, week from next uh, – today's – uh, today's the 14th so the 21st uh i will be on uh, boston public radio uh just go to wgbh.org you can uh listen to it live on streaming i'll usually tweet out a uh, notice about when it's coming up or if you miss it just go to the site they've got most of those episodes uh going and ready for you lined up to see well that's going to be for this week everybody thanks so much for listening this week uh hope you have a great week coming up till then have a great time have a great life Show we take this and we click it and we hit delete. There we go. Uh, we say input device and we drag that from here to there. Ah, not internal microphone. I think I want to see. Onyx Black Shake, thank you very much. Okay, so okay. today Andy is going to be a romantic German radio show. <laughs> no, this that's that's my my patient little explainer voice. It's not the Werner Herzog voice. It's for imagine that Werner Herzog had a younger brother who was more chipper, more uh, more upbeat. He he's amused by Werner and his his dark demeanor about everything. But he can't join in that demeanor because he knows that life in the end is beautiful. It's horrifying, but in the end, life is beautiful. So why not celebrate the beauty and not stay in so much time inside the light? Are you ready to? I'm recording now. Uh, does anybody uh, have any reason not to uh, start recording? Very good. We will start then.